Well, good morning, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, sharing the word. As you heard from Pastor Colin, this is Conference Sunday, Track Conference Sunday. For this Sunday, 21 churches under the Track Conference. We have all the pastors moving around, uh, preaching at different services. So, as being sent here by our president, I send you greetings on his behalf, Reverend Dr. Gordon Wong. So, good morning to all of you on his behalf. I bring you greetings also from the church in which I'm serving in currently, Topayo Methodist Church. Um, serving with two other pastors there, one of which, Reverend Ming Fiong Chin. Do you all know her? Uh, she, she was from this church. She was a member of this church. We're serving together now. So I bring you greetings on uh, TPMC's behalf as well as on Reverend Ming's behalf. Well, a little bit about myself before we jump into the sermon. Uh, my name is Ruben. I serve in Topayo. Um, I have a queen at home, my wife. Um, she has been a source of tremendous support. If not for her, I wouldn't be in ministry and I wouldn't be here today. Besides a queen, I have two princesses. I wouldn't call them little princesses. They're not little anymore. They're almost my height. One is 16 years old and the other is 14 years old. And they are a source of tremendous joy to me. I really, really uh, view them as precious gifts from God. So I really thank God for them. So you know that now I have a queen at home and I have two princesses at home. That makes me the... Now, that makes me the royal or the court jester. Um, so I, I do my best to just, just love them. Uh, be a good husband and, and be a good father as well. I do my best. Well, enough about me. Let's turn our eyes upon Jesus because He is the source of all good things. And He is here today with His living word and we want to receive from Him and allow Him to speak to us. So could I invite all of us here to join me in a time of prayer? Father, we want to thank You for giving us the freedom and the privilege of worshipping you like that. Coming before you, receiving your grace, coming before you to encounter your mercies that are new every morning, coming before you to have our faith stirred up once again in a faithful God. This morning as we prepare to go into your word, we ask that you open our ears, open our eyes, but most importantly, open our hearts to you as you speak. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So today's sermon, I'm going to show you the outline right now. The first word, and these three words, will be the outline of the entire sermon. Kill. The second word, still. And the third word, Drill, kill, steal, and drill. This, this formed the outline. These are the three words that form the outline of today's sermon. And they're also the first word of three very short prayers. And if I do this right, then you will hopefully see why these three words are the outline as well as to form the first words of the three short prayers. But if I don't do this right and I don't do this well, at least you can say I know how to find words that rhyme. But why do I choose these three words, kill, still, and drill? Well, because of our text today, from Psalm 1 to 7, the Song of Ascents and of Solomon. And I'm just going to focus on the very, very first verse, Psalm 1 to 7, 
verse 1. And here the verse says this, unless, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And once again, the author of this psalm uses the same word to start his next sentence, unless, unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. doesn't take a rocket scientist to notice the repetition of unless, unless, in vain, in vain. And surely when the author of this psalm wrote this, he had something in mind of a house perhaps. Maybe it's the temple that he was writing about. And unless the Lord builds the house, the temple, maybe the family, those who build it labor in vain, unless the Lord guards the city. And perhaps perhaps the, the author of this psalm also had a city in mind, maybe Jerusalem. Unless the Lord guards the city or watches the city, the God keeps watch in vain. But there's a truth inside, just this first verse. There's a truth here that there has a wider application for all of us here besides a temple or a city. Because, and I invite you to do this right now, you can substitute any other word for the house. Something that's of value to you. Unless the Lord builds what? Your family? Those who build it, labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds your career, those who build it, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches your marriage, those who watch it, watch it in vain. Unless the Lord watches how the children grow up, then those who watch it, watch it in vain. Unless the Lord builds the church, those who build it, build it in vain. There are other things that you can put it inside there, unless the Lord stores up your retirement fund. Those who store up, they store up in vain. Substitute whatever you want there and you realize that this verse really has relevance for us today. It's a reminder about how important the Lord's plan and the Lord's hand is. I came across this Hebrew phrase one time as I was reading. I don't speak Hebrew, I don't claim to. I, the only Hebrew word that I know is shalom, which I use a lot. And that you know too. But there's this Hebrew phrase that I came, that I came across in my readings, and it, it goes this way. But Ezrat Hashem. And it simply means, with the help of God. But Ezrat Hashem. And it's a phrase that the Jews use. At least, at least when I read it, it says that the Jews use it regularly. They don't use it rarely. They use it regularly. And how regularly do they use it? Well, again, the article told me, they use it on a daily basis. The Ezrat Hashem. And not just once a day, they use it multiple times a day. And how they use it is like that, with the help of God. And by the way, literally, it's not the help of God, it's with the help of the name, Hashem, meaning the name in Hebrew. But the reason why the Jews don't use the name of God is because it's such a beautiful and such an awesome name, they don't find that they are worthy to pronounce the name. And so they substitute the name inside. So with the help of the name, literally, but it means really with the help of God. And how do they use it? It means like that. If I'm going to be on my way to meet my friends for coffee, Hashem. with the help of God, I'll, I'll be there, I'll be on time and I'll have coffee with you. If I'm on my way to close a multi-million dollar deal, Be'ezrat Hashem, with the help of God, we will get this deal going and closed. 
maybe I'm at a grocery uh, supermarket and I buy ice cream and I want to make sure I get home with my ice cream unmelted. Won't get caught in a jam. But Ezra, Hashem, with the help of God. And for years, I was thinking that's an appropriate phrase to describe verse 1 of Psalm 127, with the help of God. Because really, if I want to build something, I need the help of God or else I will be building or laboring in vain. But the more I think of it, and while I was preparing for today's message, I realized that might not be the most accurate phrase to describe verse 1 of Psalm 127. And the reason for that is, well, this picture, you can see like how these are all random Lego pieces. It's one thing for a child to come to Lego set, to a Lego set, and say, I want to build this. And turn to the daddy or mommy and say, will you come and help me? And at the end, say, I made this or I built this with the help of my parents. That's one thing. But it's totally another thing to go to the Lego set and turn to your father or your mother and say, Dad, Mom, what do you want to build so that I will have the privilege and the precious and sweet opportunity to build it with you? And while I think it's a wonderful phrase, but Ezra Hashem, it speaks of dependence on God. It speaks of His guidance and His ability and His strength. It's not a, a, a totally complete concept because it says that we will do what we want to do and we say, will you please help me? I want to build this. Help me, O Lord. I want to do that. Bless me, O Lord. I want to achieve that. Guide me, O Lord. With the help of God, hopefully, I will accomplish this. Totally different thing. When I think Psalm 127 verse 1 says, what do you want to build? I want to build it with you. What do you want to do? I will do it with you. What is on your heart? I'm not seeking your blessings or my endeavors. I want to know what's on your heart because the moment I'm doing what's on your heart, it is guaranteed to be blessed. I don't need to beg you, pray, fast, and hope for your help. Because when I'm doing what you want to do, I am on the right track. If I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm simply looking for you to put your hand in there and to ensure that I get the results that I'm looking to, to, to get. And one day when God says, but that's not my plan for you, and so I don't seem to get the help or the assistance or the anointing or the blessings that I was looking for, then I might well end up experiencing what Psalm 1, 2, 7 verse 1 says. Unless, in vain. And I will realize all my efforts and all my laboring, all my building has been in vain. And what does that mean to say in vain? It means it's valueless, it's meaningless, it's useless, all the effort worthless. In short, I'll feel extremely frustrated. And maybe I'll feel this way. Frustrated, upset, and angry. Angry with who and angry with what? Well, perhaps I might even be angry with God. Because I would say, Father, 
I made sure I prayed for your assistance. I made sure I asked for your blessings. I made sure I pleaded for your guidance. So why am I not seeing the results that I'm hoping to see? And I get angry and I say, I'm not so sure about you being a faithful God. I'm beginning to question your faithfulness because I surely am not seeing the faithfulness of God in this lack of results in this endeavor of mine. But it all started because I was doing what I wanted and I expected and I simply asked and I hoped for God to have a hand in it. But I think it should have been the other way. What do you want to do? I want to do it with you. There are two possible persons or authors of Psalm 127. Um, a few people, the fewer, the smaller group would, would believe or would hold to or would teach that the author of Psalm 127 was King David. It's mainly a Jewish tradition and some of the rabbis do teach it that it was David who wrote Psalm 127. But yet, if you refer to your Bibles, above verse 1, under the heading Psalm 127, you will see this little title that it says, A Song of Ascent. Meaning, all the pilgrims will be singing or saying this as they make their way to meet God. But after that short phrase, A Song of Ascent, you see these two words, of Solomon. So why would rabbis, or some in the Jewish tradition, hold then that the author was King David and not Solomon. Because they believed that King David was writing of Solomon. Writing about Solomon. And what's the context? Well, it's this. You all know David always had a heart of God. A heart to worship God. To, to revere God. A heart to honour Him. To place Him higher above all else. And one of the ways in which he sought to express that heart of worship was to build God a temple. That everyone would see who is this God that He is worshipping. And everyone would see what kind of temple this God of His is worthy of. So David wanted to build God a temple. It was in the deepest desires of his heart. He really wanted to do that. But along the way, he realized that that wasn't God's plan. God didn't intend for David to build the temple for him. God, No, of course God wanted a temple but just not at David's hands. Second Samuel tells us, is it flipping? Second Samuel, so, sorry. Yep. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 tells us this, that in the course of hearing God and speaking to God, David hears God telling him this, and the he here is Solomon, not David. He, Solomon, your son, not you, David, shall build, shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Your son Solomon will build the temple for me, not you. I know your heart, but somehow it's not my plan for you to build the temple. And because of this, David then penned Psalm 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house... You see, David did not, after hearing this thing about God wanting Solomon to build and not him, David did not say, you know what, thank you very much for sharing that little piece of information to me, Lord. But you know that's the desire of my heart. And I want to build a temple. I want to build a house for you. 
And I have the resources to do it. I have the nation behind me. I have the manpower. And I want to do it to honor you. And what I'll do then, I'll just go ahead and build the house or the temple anyway. And people, let us all pray and fast. The most give him more and more sacrifices so that he can bless this endeavor of ours. No, David never once said that. David heard God and he knew it's not about me wanting to do something and asking God to bless it, to help me. It's about what God wants to do. So he never insisted on his own way. He said, well, unless the Lord builds the house and because the Lord is not building the house through my hands, I am not touching it. If I do so, I will be laboring in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, those who watch do so in vain. Interesting. Well, the other possible author of Psalm 127 verse 1 was Solomon, because obviously his name appears even before verse 1. And this is interesting also because if it was Solomon who wrote this, unless, in vain, unless, in vain, there's another passage of scripture that's attributed to Solomon and believed to be written by him in his old age. And that's found in the book of Ecclesiastes. And right at the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes, there's some sort of an echo of Psalm 127, verse 1. More so in the second verse. Of course, the first verse merely introduces who's writing it. And here you see in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says this, The words of the teacher, the son of David, believed to be Solomon, king in Jerusalem. And verse 2, Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. And once again, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Kind of an echo of Psalm 1, 2, 7, verse 1. Unless, in vain. Unless, in vain. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. If it was Solomon who wrote Psalm 1, 2, 7, verse 1, and it's Solomon also who wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, what happened? Well, maybe the wisest and the wealthiest men at that point in human history had lived through so many things. At the end of his life, he looks back and he realizes something. That in all his wisdom, in, with all his wealth, he's made some not so wise decisions. The concubines that he has, the wives that he has, getting distracted by certain things. Maybe towards the end of his life, he suddenly recalls Psalm 127 verse when he realizes, yup, I've done a few building things. I've done a few watching over. That wasn't on God's heart. I've done a few laboring. That was never God's plan. In vain. And then he pens, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. How interesting it is that the two possible authors of Psalm 127 verse, the whole Psalm, of course verse 1 here, gives us two different pictures of how one can take this eternal truth of unless the Lord in vain and apply it or forget it. David surely applied it. Solomon somehow, perhaps, forgot it. This year is a picture of a 
the coat of arms of the city of Edinburgh in Scotland. Some of you might have had the opportunity to visit a place I haven't. But up there, the words in Latin, and again, I don't claim to speak Latin. I only learn enough to impress you right now like when I use these few words, you know. Other than that, I don't know anything about Latin. But on this coat of arms of the city of Edinburgh, they have three Latin words up there, and it says this, Nisi Dominus Frustra. Nisi Dominus Frustra. And what it means, really, is this is a summary of verse 1 of Psalm 127. Nisi Dominus means unless or except the Lord. Frustra. You can guess the English word. Frustration. In vain. Useless. Meaningless. Worthless. Nisi Dominus. Except the Lord. Frustra. In vain. And I think, wow, this is good. It's on the city of Edinburgh's coat of arms. It should be on every single Christian's heart, isn't it? Unless the Lord in vain. Unless the Lord in vain. And here we come to the first word in those three points here. Kill. Kill what? I think if we dare to, if we want to, if we are serious about what God is saying in Psalm 127 verse 1, then maybe we can pray this prayer. Kill. Kill what? Kill it. If it isn't you building it. Kill whatever plans. Kill whatever desires. Kill whatever dreams even. If it's not you, who wants to build it? Because I'd rather you kill it than let me go on with those plans, those desires, those dreams, and then at the end of it, experience in vain. Experience Frustration. Kill it if it isn't you building it. Well, the next two words on the outline of the sermon will be far shorter. And let me share the next word now. Not yet, but the next point is really not explicit in the text in Psalm 127 verse 1. But as I was reading through it and I was thinking through it, I thought that's another point down there that's just buried inside there. And that's about building. We all know that there are some things that God wants to build. Definitely on His heart to build. It's within His plans and His purposes to build. But I think the question therefore is, but how are we building it? We can be building with God, working on His plans and His desires, but the way we do it might not be His way. Some of you here might have seen this. I don't know if it appeared in papers, but definitely was in the internet. Recently, I saw this is a house in Tampines, a balcony. I don't know whether you can see it. It's a bit small here. But when the lady was doing some renovation on her balcony in a a HDB flat in Tampines, she found that there were newspapers stuffed into the wall. Newspapers into a wall. Any of you live in Tampines here? No? That's good. And you live in Amokyo here? Okay, very good. Uh, God bless you. Because the next house, someone found under renovation, she found in Amokyo Avenue 4, newspapers stuffed into a wall. 
when she was doing renovation. No, I'm not trying to get you scared. Uh, neither am I trying to make HDB property prices fall. But I'm thinking this is one way telling us that's not how you build it. You see, obviously, the contractors were building a HDB flat because the government agreed for it to be built, isn't it? I'm not saying the government is God here, please. It's just an illustration. But the government obviously gave the blessing to have flats built in these two areas. And the contractor came along and said, okay, I'm going to have the privilege of building with you. I will build it according to your plan. But along the way, I don't know whether intentionally or just out of pure ignorance, not here to judge them, either intentionally or out of pure ignorance, they built it and they didn't build it according to the ways of the government. They used newspapers. That's, that's building the right plan, the right project, but building it the wrong way. And so I thought to myself, well, Psalm 127 verse 1 seems to give that little truth there as well. We may know what's God plan, what, what God's plans are, but when we are building it for Him, building alongside Him, are we building the way He wants us to build? So for example, church. Obviously, God wants to build His church up. He wants the church to flourish, to grow, to thrive. He wants the ministry to be strong, to, to, to exercise excellence, to do well and attract people and say, this is how big our God is and that's why we're doing all these things for Him. Obviously, He wants to build the church. And we all have the privilege of working alongside to build the church together, but how are we doing it? If all we're going after is excellence, if all we're going after is objectives, numbers, quick, swift, get the results, then if we all do that and we miss along the way what God calls us to do to, to journey with those who are a bit slower in the process, to love one another as He has loved us, then maybe we aren't doing it His way. We are building according to His plan, but we are not building it His way. Newspapers. What about career? Of course, God wants us to build our career. He wants to bless us so that we can get all blessed and fat. No. He wants to bless us so that we can be a channel of His blessings to those around us. Of course, He wants to bless us, wants us to build our careers. But how are we doing it? To be diligent, conscientious, to be to be sure that you are reliable, that's all good. But the moment we try too much to build it, and we start playing office politics, backbiting, we take all the credit, shift all the blame, then I think we're not doing it his way. Newspapers. What about grades? On Adipa Valley, a couple of days ago, I was with some friends of mine, and they were sharing about how his son was in one of the top schools in Singapore, not ACS. I'm not saying this doesn't happen in ACS, but at least I know when that story came to me, it wasn't ACS. And how the son shared some of his notes to his classmate, who wasn't doing so well. And the other classmates, upon finding out that he had shared his notes, got angry with him. They said, how can you share your notes with that guy? He says, what's wrong with me sharing my notes? Well, that person wasn't, isn't smart enough and didn't put in enough work. He doesn't deserve your help. Why? Because they were all watching each other to see who would do best. And no one wanted someone else to have an advantage. Does God want us to do well in our school and grades? Of course He does. But if we start going that direction, we start building it in that way, that's not God's way. Newspapers. 
children. Of course, God wants us to watch and to guard our kids, to ensure that they grow up in the ways of the Lord. But, but how are we doing it? We protect them too much. We put pillows around them constantly, even when they are 25 years old. We hug them and we smother them. We hold their hands and everything. We just watch over them so much. There are two, two possible conclusions. One is the child just says, I want to break free. And the other is, the child never learns independence. Always depending on the parents. Good intentions, building according to God's plans, but not according to His ways in newspapers. Marriage, of course. God wants us to build and to guard our marriages. And I was just recently um, googling yesterday. What are the ways to guard your marriage? And one of the points came up. I'm not saying this is the way to do it. I'm just sharing with you what I read. You take it as, as, as far as you, as you want. But now it says, one of the ways to protect your marriage is to not develop um, close friendships with someone of the opposite, uh, opposite gender. Which means if I'm a male, uh, uh, and I am a male, just in case, just put it out there, just saying. So, so <laughs> since, I, since I am a male, I shouldn't develop a close friendship with a female. Because if we become two good friends, we become really, really good friends, then what happens to the spouse, the wife? It works the other way, of course. Now, what happens if I take that? And being watchful, and I know God wants me to guard and to watch and the, the marriage, and I take that to the extreme. And I say, you know what? Let's not talk to anyone from the opposite gender. And someone comes up to me in church and says, Pastor, where's your wife? I haven't seen her before. Well, that's my wife. And he says, let me go say hello. I say, nope. No, 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 no. I'm watching my marriage. You know, that's a walking time bomb when we start being so restrictive. And we take it to, obviously, these are extreme examples, but we may do things that don't seem so extreme, but as we try to build or to watch what God wants to build or watch, we maybe out of ignorance or maybe even intentionally, we do it the wrong way. Newspapers. And so we come to the second point here. Still. Still. What do you mean by still? Still as in, when Jesus spoke to the storm, be still. My prayer is if I'm doing it the wrong way, still me. Just say, just say stop. Just hit the stop button in me. Put the pause button in me and say still. Be still to me if I'm building wrong. I may be building the right things that's on God's heart, but if I'm doing it wrong, please say be still and stop me from doing it. I don't want newspapers. Of course, we can tell God to kill it. We can tell God to steal it. But it's emptiness if we just stop down there and we have a God who is always on the path of redemption, always on the path of guidance, always on the path of restoration, always on the path of salvation. Our God is a God who is wonderful, gracious, loving, merciful. And we can come to Him and based on Psalm 127 verse 1, unless the Lord in vain, and we can come to him and say, well, God, don't just kill it, don't just steal it. But the third thing I want to ask you, please drill me in your building plan so that I know exactly and clearly what's on your heart and let me know what kind of ways and methods 
You want me to build alongside you. Amen. Kill it. Steal me. And drill me in those ways. That's the end. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, will you? I don't know, uh, I see some familiar faces here and there, but I don't know the vast majority of you. Just someone here sharing the word this morning. But I want to invite us all, me included, uh, maybe to take some time here to perhaps, if you're bold enough, if you're serious enough, to ask God to kill, steal, and drill. So keep your eyes closed if you want to. I'm going to ask you now, if that's your desire, you know there's some killing that needs to be done in your life today. There's some stealing to be done in your life today. And we all obviously want God to continuously drill, drill, drill into us, His plans and His ways. If that's you, I'm going to ask you now just to put your hands over your heart and say, that's me, God, right here, right now. Kill some of those things, steal me, drill into me right now Lord take me a deep breath and say God do your do your work in me the gracious gentle loving merciful work in me so Father you see right now your children here knowing that we need your help to live out that eternal truth of Psalm 127 verse one and Lord, we humbly come before you asking you to help us, Lord, live according to the truth of unless the Lord in vain. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.